We're here again with the School of Salvation. Today, the School of Salvation would not be of any effect or be of any use if we did not know for certain, with absolutely certain, that the Word of God has been established It is true. It will stand. And I want to share with you about this word, about the scriptures today. And before I get to preaching, I want to start uh, reading some scripture. I have a tendency to get wound up and off we go. But today, the word of God, the scriptures, beginning in Isaiah 46, 9. Remember the former things long past, for I am God There is no other. I am God, and there is no one like me. Verse 10, declaring the end from the beginning and from ancient times, things which have not been done, saying my purposes will be established, and I will accomplish all my good pleasure. Let me say, quote that again. I I quoted a little uh Uh, King James, where it's New American Standard, declaring the end from the beginning, from the ancient times, things which have not been done, saying, my purpose will be established, and I will accomplish all my good pleasure. It is God's pleasure that we come to a place of salvation and a place of righteousness with him, that we have life, and we have an abundant life. But we have these scriptures made certain. God has not changed. And these all that he has planned has come to pass. And he will accomplish all that he has declared in his word. And he has declared all this from the beginning. So we can look back through the scriptures, the word of God, and to see if one word has failed. I'm going to share with you all of these amazing miracles and why we have no excuse. But obviously I would not be here today if I could have found one word that had failed. If I had found one scripture that was not true. And all of these last 40 some years of ministry and studying and praying, almost 50 years, I do the math, it goes by in a hurry. I have not found one place where, where the word of God was not true or had failed in any way. And I want to share today. I'm not going to share all the prophecies about Israel because we would literally take most of the book and the rest of the day. But I'm going to share with you scriptures concerning the Messiah that gave us the opportunity to be welcomed part of the family. I want to keep reminding you this prophetic word. In Matthew 24, 14, it says, When this gospel has been preached to all of the world, all of the nations, then the end will come. That is as certain as this gospel being declared, preached, proclaimed to all of the nations. And the end will come. We are there by no other reason than the Internet. I don't know of any nation currently that has not the internet. And if they have the internet, on the internet, the gospel is being proclaimed daily in all the different languages of the world. There are men that God has raised up for such a time as this. 
I pray that I know that we're part of that. And all of my young or God's young disciples and prophets and prophetesses with a prophetic word of God standing up in Africa and Latin America and, and bringing, this is what God had called me to the nations. He first brought me here to Latin America. And then from here, having established this wonderful opportunity here to create a message that we can share with the world by this amazing internet that everybody seems to be a part of. And if they have the internet, the gospel is being proclaimed to their nation. Israel rejected their Messiah. He said, give us Barabbas. We don't want Jesus. He's not our king. Herod is our king. They rejected the Messiah. But by their rejection, we have the opportunity. He says, I will take this gospel. I will take this message. I will offer this salvation and righteousness to all the nations. And when I've done that, because you have rejected him, they have opportunity. It is our last opportunity, church, or, or all of you listening. As our opportunity as Gentiles, because soon and very soon, the days of the Gentiles are fulfilled and he's coming back to deal personally and to rule and reign with his people. There is a great testing coming for Israel. There's a, a ring of fire. There's a reeling about Jerusalem. We see it. We just got out of this Hamas bombing and war. We see all of the enemies of Israel that somehow have not been able, even though Israel outnumbered 20, 30 to 1, have not been able to move them out. I can tell you what, they are not going to to. to. One of the greatest miracles that we've had, and we're going to talk about this, and before I preach all of this besides sharing the word, I'm going to stop and get back to the word of God. How do we know for certain? Because the, the, the word of God, the scriptures. In 2 Peter 1.16, For we did not follow cleverly devised tales when we made known to you the power and coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, but we were eyewitnesses of his majesty. Verse 17, for when we received honor and glory from God the Father, such an utterance as this was made to him by majestic glory. This is my beloved son with whom I am well pleased. We, and we ourselves heard this utterance made from heaven when we were with him on the holy mountain. So we have the prophetic word made more sure to which you do well to pay attention, to which you do well to pay attention as to the lamp shining in a dark place until the day dawns and the morning star arises in your hearts. These are men that have, that wrote these epistles and these books that we ha- we call our Bible that were personal witnesses of the glory. They heard the voice of God as I believe I did in 1974 that he would return in my lifetime. I am 70 years old today. I, I mean, not this is not my birthday, but I'm 70 years old. I don't know how long I live, but I know that 
the Lord told me I needed the salmon of Caleb to see all that he has proclaimed and taught and told me that is not that far away. Caleb was 85 years old when he went to take the land. I see all of these things that is declared into the world. I am a personal witness. I've seen the dead raised. I've seen the lame become whole in front of my eyes uh, by prayers of my own son that has a gift of miracles. Jonathan Williamson. Uh, he will be taking my place here shortly. I'm going to finish the School of Salvation chapters, and I'm going back to minister to the Lord Jesus Christ and to my Father and be ready if and when he has need or call. But I don't mind stepping aside for ones that God has called after me to come and take up the mantle. I have witnessed what I what I speak to you today, this word that I share with you, it is, it is taking cancer out of my Bible. It is when they said I had less than six months to walk. I, that was in 1979. The body of Christ, the Holy Spirit, He healed me. He filled me miracle after miracle in my life. Miracle. This is not something that I preach. This is someone that I know. This word is living. It's alive. It's true. And today I'm going to share the proof by the word itself. Men that witnessed the very presence of God with them. It, it was Emmanuel. Jesus Christ. He came. The son of God. To offer up himself as, as the last Adam. To pay the price for this fallen race, this Adamic race that was under sin. He paid the price that we may be a part of his kingdom. And we may receive salvation and his glory. And when we, when you see, I got here, I got something wrote here, let me read it. When you see Aura, Aura is the morning star. And I understand in the Middle East, when you see the morning star, you think that it's the sun coming up, but it's so bright. But know what it says is that the sun is right. The sun comes up just after. The morning star, you know that the, he, the sun is near. I'm telling you, I see the morning star arising in my heart. And you know what I know? The day is near of the birth and the, of his kingdom, of the son of man coming back, of the regeneration of all things. He will restore for a thousand years before the father comes and creates all things new. Y'all can go back. I, I don't, I'm not sure I did a good job, but in chapter eight without grass, I tried to do all this and I, I, there was all these timelines were coming together at the same time. And toward the end, I'm not sure I knew what timeline I was even on, but they all, because they all have become the same. We're living in that day. We have this prophetic word made more sure. We have the scriptures that I'm going to read to you and show that they will not fail. Hebrews 9.27. I want you to remember the morning star is arising. Right behind Aura. When you feel the morning star rising in your hearts, Peter, know that is coming is, 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 is here. He's at the door. Hebrews 9 27. And as in as much as it is important for men to die once and after then comes judgment. So Christ also having been offered once to bear the sins of many will appear a second time for salvation without reference to sin, 
to those who eagerly await him. I want to know today, do you eagerly await the Lord? Are you excited because we, we have that sense that aura, aura, the morning star is arising in our hearts. Christ is coming back. Judgment's coming to the world, but our salvation, our, our redemption that we've already been given, we get to be with him. We meet him in the air. We'll rule and reign with him for a thousand years. How can you not be excited about the return of the Lord if you're not, if you're not eagerly awaiting this, this eternal salvation and redemption and the glory that will come upon us? How can you not be excited? Unless you're not sure today whether you really truly know him, whether you you truly have accepted him as the light, the lamp before your own feet, that the Holy Spirit truly rules and reigns within your heart, that it is he that you follow, not your own self or your own lust or your own pleasures, but you seek to please him. In that, in that seeking to please him, we do find hope and joy and peace and blessing. It's amazing. It's an amazing life. God gives us peace. There is no peace. There is no joy. There is no hope, supernatural hope that guards our hearts in this time that the world, it seems to be shaking in their boots. They need to be. They need to be. Judgment is upon this earth, and it's going to get worse and worse until the one comes to put a stop to it when all those nations have come up against Israel. He comes. The Messiah comes again. The regeneration, we meet him in the air. Restoration comes to the earth for a thousand years. He, he that we are created into, born again into his image. We meet him. We'll be like him. When we see him, we'll know as we're known. We'll be sons of God. We will rule and reign with him for a thousand years until that wonderful day when the Father comes at the end of the millennial reign. But the literal fulfillment I've got here, I'm going to read it because I'm putting it up. The literal fulfillment of the prophetic word of God in the Bible. There's 11 Old Testament messianic prophecies fulfilled in the New Testament. Now I'm just, I'm, I'm going on these. If I tried to, share with you all the prophecies that have been fulfilled with Israel that that there's no hope. But there's 11 that I know here about Jesus. So really, truly, in the word, our brothers the Jews, which they don't know that we're brothers, are without excuse because they have this scripture made more certain. Isaiah 7, 14. Therefore, the Lord himself will give you a sign Behold, a virgin will be weep with child and bear a son, and she will call his name Emmanuel. Emmanuel. With us is God. With us is God. He came. With us was God, Jesus Christ, the Son of God, the Lamb of God. And because he offered himself, guess what? He's the Lamb of God forever, and you need to be written in the Lamb's book of life. We may be sons of God, but there's one Lamb of God that sits on the throne beside the Father, and the last that has become judge, and we're going to talk about the judge and judgment in later and later chapters. But there's one. 
that is worthy to judge, and he was the judge, and he is the judge, and he will judge all men, including saints. Saints, there's a judgment for all of us. Every knee shall bow, and every tongue shall confess. We will talk about that. You need to understand there's a judgment for all of us. The, 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 the things that I hear in the church and taught on television and everywhere else, and it's like, did you ever read the Bible for yourself instead of someone else's book? It doesn't say what they say. I'm sharing with you the amazing truth and promise and hope that we have in Christ Jesus that is beyond anything that we can comprehend or even understand. But yet, it is certain that this word not one letter will not be fulfilled. So far, it has come scripture, prophecy after prophecy after prophecy. And we, the Gentiles, that have been given this wonderful opportunity to become part of the family of God, don't squander it. Because that soon, the days of the Gentiles will be fulfilled. In Micah 5, 2, it says, Born in Bethlehem, but as for you, Bethlehem, Ephrathah, too little to be among the clans of Judah, but you from one from you one will go forth for me to be ruler in Israel. His going forth from long ago, from the days of eternity, from the very beginning of time, before that, God hath always purposed in his heart all of these things. God hath purpose. This is God. He has, would send his son. He would be born of a virgin. He would be born. He would come be birthed in Bethlehem. This is, this is the prophets of God in the Old Testament. That's why my brothers as Jews have no excuse. Prophecy after prophecy literally fulfilled in their scriptures. It was, Paul says in Romans, it says to the Jew first and then to the Gentiles. They miss it. They rejected it. But by their rejecting, we have been accepted. But your days and our days and my day as a Gentile is coming to a close. We need to be serious about this wonderful opportunity that has been granted to us because I'm telling you, the Internet will proclaim and fulfill the very verse 14 of chapter 24 of Matthew, and this gospel will be proclaimed at least they could have heard all the nations of the earth and the end will come. Not one letter of this book has never, has ever failed. Not one verse, not one prophecy. It has all come to pass. That one also will be fulfilled in the time that we live. I know what I see. I see the complete rejection of the truth by mostly by the church, my own, their own church. They don't know him. Because they don't live for him. They live for themselves. Lovers of money. Lovers of pleasure. Arrogant. The, the, the loves that are not of God. Lovers of self. Lovers of money. And love of pleasure. Second Timothy 3, 3rd chapter, verse 5 verses. That is the day and the age we're in that age. This is the last days. It is that age. You have heard, had others declare it to you. But the word of God tells us when you see these things, know the day that you live. 
We see the real. We see Israel back in the land. Hosea 11.1. 1, called out of Egypt when Israel was a youth. I loved him. And out of Egypt, I called my son. He's only had one son. He has son. But there was the son of God, Jesus, that came forth that we may be his son. The Jews were born sons, but it's his son here he's talking about. Out of Egypt, as Joseph and Mary fled into Egypt, and then the Lord called them back to, to, to Galilee or to Nazareth. And he said, he may be a Nazarene, which I don't know if we even got that one here. And, and, and Psalm 78, 1, listen, O my people, to my instruction. Incline your ears to the word of my mouth. Verse 2, I will open my mouth in a parable. I will utter dark sayings of old. These parables, God, I, I, I'm sure in later, or I have before and I will more, they, they're, they're a prophetic word, and they're coming to pass even as we, we in, in our lifetime. All of these things we see. And God has given understanding to the parables that we know what God is saying in the truth. I'm sure I will share some of those over these uh, latter chapters here that I'm doing by faith. There, there's a lot. This book is amazing. The, it, the book, the, the scriptures, the, the prophecy, this prophetic word that literally declares the end from the beginning. It will not fail. It has not failed and it will not fail. We have a testimony. The scriptures are a testimony. I mean, for the last five, almost, almost 6,000 years, almost 6,000 years, God dealing with man. After the sixth day, he rested on the Sabbath. We're coming to that th- last thousand years, the holy week of God. We're approaching that very quickly. It's almost 2,000 years since the 4,000 year mark where Christ, two days after, we're going to read that right here. In Isaiah 29, uh, no, I'm not going to read that. Uh, I skipped Hosea. How did I skip Hosea? Let me go back up here. I skipped it somehow. Hosea 1. Okay, maybe I didn't. Okay, let me go back to Psalm 78. Okay. Listen, O my people, to my instruction. Incline your ears to the words of my mouth. I will open my mouth in a parable. I will utterly, I will utter dark sayings of old. Uh, he has, he has taught us in parables. That's an, another case here. And, and Isaiah 29, 18, this is healing the sick. There's different scriptures here about him healing the sick. On that day, the deaf ears will hear and words, hear words of the book. And out of their gloom and darkness, the eyes of the blind will see. Isaiah 35, 4. Say to those with anxious heart, take courage, fear not. Behold, your God will come with vengeance. The recompense of God will come, but he will save you. In Isaiah 35, 5. Then the eyes of the blind will be opened, and the ears of the deaf will be unstopped. And 36. The lame will, the lame will leap like a deer. And the tongue of, a, of the mute will shout for joy. For waters will break forth in the wilderness and streams in Arabah. 42.6 of Isaiah. I am the Lord. I, I have called you in righteousness. I will also hold you by the hand and watch over you. And I will appoint you as a covenant to the people 
as a light to the nations. Has God watched over us, healed us? He healed me a broken neck. He delivered me. He took cancer out of my body. He, he, my spine collapsed and God healed it. Miracle after miracle in my life. I mean, just, there's so many miracles in my life. I, I'm without any excuse not to be standing here today and declaring to you what I read, what was prophesied, came to take place in Jesus, but not only took place then, he has given us his word and his commitment that in his name, we can cast out demons. We can heal the sick. We can raise the dead. A couple of weeks ago, we had that happen in Venezuela in one of our churches. It still takes place today. The dead are raised, the blind see, the lame walk. How do we know this word is true? Because we're living examples of this. I, I have been blessed to be able to share of my own to be able that God had entrusted with me that I would sow it into fertile ground. And here in Costa Rica with all of my brothers and my sisters that we reaping together the opportunity because we're, we're taking advantage to make sure certain that you hear and know and you're without excuse if you're listening today. I have no reason to stand here and to share with you unless I know what I'm saying is true. I'm, I had to fund all of this out of my own monies. But God had to deliver me time and time again because I had given all that we had. And he has and he does. And we're here today by miracle of God to be able to share the truth, the word of God that you may know that you can make certain in your life because his word is true and it will work in your life if you have faith. If you walk in it, he will meet you where your faith meets him. I'm telling you, he will not fail you. If you listen to the word, you put your trust in man. God uses men because he needs to because his whole church is so anemic in faith. They never practice it. You exercise faith. You have to exercise it to get stronger in faith. I'm without excuse not to believe or trust God for anything. My whole life has been this one great, big, huge miracle. And he's blessed me beyond my wildest imagination. Counting my in-law. I got 14 sons and daughters, 15 grandchildren, my beautiful wife that I miss dearly. God has blessed me. God has blessed me. God has blessed me and he wants to bless you. I'm standing here a living testimony. I know that his word is true. I have tried it. I have lived it and it works. And I stand here today knowing that this is probably my last recording here. That, that the Lord says, come home son, I want you to minister to me. And you know what I'll do? I'll minister him every day and night. And I'll wait till the next time that he says he wants me to do something. If not, I will see him when he comes soon. I am delighted to please, to obey, to walk in obedience. This has never been about D. Carroll Williamson. This is really about you. Because he's called me here today to share with you, as I have millions around the world, the truth. He's coming soon. He's paid the price that we could receive eternal life and salvation that we can know him and the power of his resurrection 
We, many of you need that power, you need, but you need to know him. And you can only know him if you call on your knees and ask God first to forgive you. Repentance, it begins repentance. And then by faith stand and walk in his truth. Get to know him, spend time in his word. This amazing word, the amazing book that we have, we call it the Bible. It is, it is unbelievable to open blind eyes here in Isaiah 42, 7, the next verse. To open blind eyes, to bring out prisoners from the dungeon and those who dwell in darkness from the prison. I've ministered in prisons. It's amazing how God can take somebody that's broken. And when he comes in, they're no longer broken. They have a new life. It should not take us getting to that point. I know I myself got there several times. And God still in his mercy and love reached down and raised me up. I have, I have no claim to, to anything other than the free gift and mercy and love of God. But if we don't have that love, what good is all this? Other? Well, a lot of people are out there in their works. 1 Corinthians 13th chapter. What good is this or that or that if we have not love? And it starts with the love of God. I want you to know that uh, I want you to know Jesus. I want you to know a father that loves you. I want you to know his son. I want you to have salvation. I want you to know his word that, that in all of these prophecies here in Zechariah and in 9, 9 says, rejoice greatly, O daughter of Zion. Shout in triumph, O daughter of Jerusalem. Behold, your king is coming to you. He is just and endowed with salvation, humble and mounted on a donkey, even on a colt, a foal of a donkey. This is a prophet Zechariah, a couple hundreds of years before Jesus entered Jerusalem on a donkey. How can they deny? But they did. He is not our king. Herod's our king. Give us Barabbas. Because of their rejection, they have no excuse here, folks. In Isaiah 50, verse 5 and 6, it says, The Lord has opened my ear and was not disobedient, nor did I turn my back. I gave my back to those who strike me and my cheeks to those who plucked it out, out the beard. I did not cover my face from humiliation and spitting. I read and study the work of the cross, and, and we're going to share some of that about the divine exchange. I, I got that little thing. I, that Brother Derek helped me. I understood most of it, but it's kind of really neat to kind of put it all together. I'm going to share with you that in the next few sessions. But, but Jesus, the price that he paid, there's a reason that we're deserving judgment because it's because of our sin, our rebellion, our rejection, that he had to come pay that price. Now, having been given such a wonderful, amazing salvation, how can we reject? But yet we do. We do on a daily basis when we're supposed to die daily with him through his crucifixion so we can live daily in Christ and walk in the victory of that resurrection, in the power of that resurrection, in divine help. He will heal you, but even more, he provided through all that. He was broken, what? 
He bore our sickness and disease that we don't have to bear them. It works, folks. This pandemic we've just going through and still going through, all of those young families and people in Africa that had no, they trusted chapter 6, and none of them have gotten COVID. It works because they, that was all they had, but they took it by faith. They partook of that broken body and they walked in divine health through a pandemic. And revival's coming. It's a testimony to the truth of this word. And I'm doing these chapters for mostly for my brothers. They're excited. They're getting, they're, they're going all across East Africa and, and West Africa's listening too. And, and, and I believe that FCN Africa, these young men, these brothers here are going to enable them to capture what's taking place and to share it with the world as a testimony. A great light shall come up out of the so-called dark continent. We're living in a time the Antichrist is going to stand up and he's going to be tried. And there's persecution. It already is persecution. In, in the U.S., they're trying that all this anti-Jews, anti-Christian, there is an attack on Christianity. There's an attack on Judaism. There's an attack against the one true God. It is today. We're living in that time, and it's going to get darker and darker, and there's going to be greater persecution. That God has taken this word and this salvation and this truth into some of the deepest jungles and villages. I've been there. Antichrist is going to have a hard time trying to find some of my brothers in Africa. And they are going to be, they've got internet and they're going to be streaming the truth and all of the miracles and this light that God is doing in this last time. And it's going to challenge you to do likewise. To stand up, let your light shine. Let the word of God work in and through you to be that testimony that he's called us to be in this last day. Psalms 22, 16. I think I've skipped 17, but hands and feet for dogs have surrounded me. A band of evildoers have encompassed me. They pierce my hands and they pierce my feet. King David had it. In verse 18 of the same uh, psalm, his garments were divided. They divided my garments among them, and for my clothing they cast lots. How about all of that? All these prophecies of the Messiah, Jesus, all these things took place in the life of Jesus. It's recorded history. It's not only, it's recorded. All these things took place. All these things, the resurrection, all of it. 53.8, by by oppression and judgment, he was taken away. And as for his generation who considered that he was cut off out of the land and of the living for the transgression of my people to whom the stroke was due. He was cut off. He 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 died. He was buried. He was killed. He was crucified for us. We're going to talk about that. I, 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 I'm going to cry. When, I, when some of this, I get to the rejection part, I cry like a baby, so you just have to bear with me. I've gotten to where having, having a greater understanding, I, every time I take communion, I can't hardly partake of the bread without crying. It just, every time. 
I'm going to get off of that, verse 9, because I'll start crying. <laughs> uh, he, uh, his, his grave was assigned with wicked men, yet he was, he was with a rich man in his death. Because he was, had done no violence, nor was there deceit in his mouth. He, 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 he gave it all. But the father was faithful. Hosea 6.2 and 6.3. He will revive us after two days. I want you to know this is us there. Not just, not just the Messiah. It's us. It's plural. This has a near and far. A lot of uh, prophecies, uh, Jewish prophecy has a near. It's happening now. It'll happen again in the future. This here happened, happened then. It'll happen. We'll know. It, he will revive us after two days. He will raise us up on the third day that we may live before him. The millennial reign of Christ. Verse 3, so let us know, let us press on to know the Lord. His going forth is as certain as the dawn. And he will come to us like the rain, like the spring rain. And watering the earth. Did After two days, Jesus was rose from the dead. After two days of years, a holy week, 2,000 years, he's coming back. We will be raised. We'll meet him in the air. Will be raised, we will be raised. The dead in Christ will be raised. We, us, we not only was raised with him, and it will manifest at the coming of the Lord 2,000 years later. After two days, on the third day, we will live before him. We will reign and rule with him, the millennium reign of Christ. Pretty amazing scripture. If we kind of, nobody knows the day or the hour. He says, you will know the season. And I know. I don't know the day or hour. Nobody can really, it's not certain where he died in, in April, May, whatever, somewhere between 28 A.D. and 36 A.D. I think most of the scripture comes closer to be fulfilled around 33 A.D., so add 20 years of that, I mean 2,000 years of that. So he's coming back after two days. We don't really know the day nor the hour. But he says you will know. He tells us in Thessalonians, you will not be called, if you're walking in the light, you will not be called off guard. You will know the day that you live. I know the day that I live because he told me. Somewhere in my lifetime, I'm 70 years old to I'm not going to live for so long. I don't even care. I'm looking forward to being with him. I'm excited. I'm eagerly awaiting his coming. I know that I know what that means. I'm not here today talking about something that I do not know. I know that the word of God is sure. I know that it is sure. One of the greatest miracles of our lifetime, I've got it written right here. You want to read it? That all, all that the, and let me go on. I, I misspelled all. All that the prophets of old concerning Israel have been literally fulfilled in history. But I will only point out one that we're, that we're, we are witnesses of. There's one I didn't put talk about Israel because there's just hundreds of prophecies fulfilled one after the other, after the other, after the other, all through the New Testament. So we know that God and his scriptures are true. And they rejected the Messiah on our behalf. And uh, let's, let's read right here. Isaiah 43, 5. Do not fear, for I am with you. I will bring your offspring from the east, 
and gather you from the west. Verse 6, I will say to the north, give them up. And to the south, do not hold them back. Bring my sons from afar and my daughters from the end of the earth. Everyone who is called by my name and whom I have created for my glory, whom I have formed, even whom I have made. Verse 8, who has heard such a thing? Now, this is actually Isaiah 66. In Isaiah 43, this is changing. But he had called the nations in Israel today. There have been, they have been returning, coming from all the nations. It started uh, May of 14th, 1948, when they were outnumbered 20 something or something to one. It was crazy. No way. They ha- actually were set up to fail, but God would not let them fail. All the other miracle wars that took place, God has made Israel strong. They will not be removed again. He has brought them from over a hundred nations of the world now. He has gathered his children from over a hundred nations of the world. This is not something that was prophesied. It is, but it has taken place in our lifetime. Many of you today are old enough to be here the day that Israel was born again. Can a nation be born in a day? Most say no, but it was. May the 14th, 1948, Israel was born again, (laughs) the nation. It's going to be born again in the second coming. He's going to remove all the iniquities of the Jew. But those that want to enjoy the first fruits, want to see, want to inherit their eternal bodies on the day of the Lord and don't have to sit, stay here. They go, they're not going to sin again. He tells us in Isaiah, he removes all their iniquity. They will not sin again. He extends life, but they're very much still in their natural bodies and they'll rule with him. To fulfill the final, the prophecies of David, of, of Abraham, of Moses, of Moses, that, that the Davidic rule, the, the land that God promised Abraham, it will be established. And they will rule for a thousand years with their Messiah, the Son of God, Jesus Christ. And we will rule with him. The last were first, the first will be last. Praise God for his mercy. Y'all know all of that, the sons of God. We, we, we get, we get that we get first, but a lot of our brothers, there's this, there's this revival going on in the Jewish community. They're finding, they're finding, even in Israel, they're finding their Messiah. God is allowing them to see all of these scriptures that prophesied all of these wonderful things. He's coming back very soon. All of this is taking place and he's coming. It happened in a day. It happened May the 14th, 1948. God prophesied this back hundreds and hundreds, 600 years, Isaiah 6 something, before, uh, before, uh, now it goes back almost 800, 600, anyway, uh, before Christ. And yet, all of this has come to pass. I, Isaiah was an amazing prophet. So many prophecies given. And, uh, and just everyone literally has come to pass. And this one also. How, Jeremiah 33, 30th chapter, verse 3. For behold, days are coming, declares the Lord, when I will restore the fortunes of my people Israel and Judah. And the Lord will say, I will also bring them back to the land that I gave to their forefathers, and they shall possess it. Verse 4. Now these are the words which the Lord spoke concerning Israel and concerning Judah. 
he brought them back. This was prophesied by Jeremiah. And Jeremiah was, was during the Babylonian uh, had came and taken, and he was prophesying to that they would. They would destroy Israel the first time. And uh, it was just, Israel's been destroyed at least twice that we read in our book, but it's been many times. And, and, and Jeremiah was that prophet, the suffering servant, prophesied. And that, but that, that, but that they might be dispersed, but God would bring them back and establish them, and they would not be uprooted again. And they're there. And they will not be uprooted again. They will not be conquered. They were going to look like they're about to be, and that's the day the Lord returns to put a stop to it all. That's the day, the day of the Lord, the day of regeneration, the day, as Acts 6, chapter the 31st verse says, the restoration of all things. Day of the Lord, the regeneration. 1 Corinthians 15, 1. Now I, now I make known to you, brethren, the gospel which I preached to you, which you received, and which you also stand. Verse 2, by which you also are saved, if you hold fast the word which I preached to you, unless you believe in vain. Listen, if you hold fast, he's proclaimed it to us. For I delivered to you as the first importance what I also received, that Christ died for the sins according to the scriptures. According to what? The scriptures. Christ died. We read it. We read the scriptures. He died according to the scriptures. He also, and he was buried. By the way, here the these first verses of, of the 15th chapter of 1 Corinthians, which is the resurrection chapter. It's an amazing chapter. But this is the gospel that Christ came. He died. He was buried. He rose again. And, and and the scriptures, and it was all according to the scriptures, but not only scriptures, there's eyewitnesses that went on to write and tell and to declare what they saw. And he was raised on the third day according to the scriptures. Verse 5. And it says, and that he, and that he appeared to Cephas, and then to the twelve. There's eyewitnesses, their testimony. They saw him. He not only did all this, he came, they saw him. He came and spent time with him. We have eyewitnesses. After that, he appeared to more than 500 brethren at one time. Over 500. These are men. They all went on. Most all the apostles were crucified except John. He was the only one that was not a martyr. You think they were, they were willing to do all that because of some Religion or hoax or word. No, they were eyewitnesses. He appeared to more than 500 brethren at one time, and most of them remain until now. Paul's still writing, but he too was going to be a martyr. But some have fallen asleep. And then he appeared to James, then to all the apostles. And verse 8, and last of all, as to one early born, he appeared to me also. I stand here, and I'm telling you, God came. I didn't see him, but his spirit, Holy Spirit, knocked me across a room on my back. I never felt hidden. I never, I, 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 I was being, I was changed. In the twinkling of a, I saw a vision of the nations, and I, I still today believe that I saw part of Africa and all of this. I, I saw this globe 
and I knew that God had called me. I mean, here I was, an alcoholic, a drug addict, facing prison time, all of these things, just really messed up from after Vietnam War. War is a horrific thing. I was in Vietnam. It's a horrific thing. God, the devil had just, had really messed me up. He knew that I had a, he knew that I had a calling on my life more than, I guess, uh, anyway, he tried to destroy me. And he had, he had. But the mercy, the love, the faithfulness of God. He came and visited me. And that man that God spoke to, that was just passing through town, follow that man home, there's somebody at his house that needs prayer. He followed me home. He just passed away before I came here at 87 years old. Harold Wallace, I love you. I thank you for amazing faith. I thank you for your obedience to that spirit that always led me. I thank you for the gift of miracles that in your life. God had told him one time he would never pray for a leg that would not grow. And I saw these legs grow out. I traveled with him for a while. I saw so many miracles. I saw God pour ear back into the lady's head. I have seen so many. I have been visited myself by the very presence of God. He changed me like that. Even as he birthed a nation in one day, he called me. I know that I know that I know that he lives. He lives within me. That was in August of 1974. My life has never, ever been the same. I, ha- I have stumbled, believe me. I have really stumbled at times. But in his mercy and his love, he's reached down and he's picked me up. He says, he's not finished with me. And I was not finished. I, I feel funny today because I feel like I, 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 as far as this part of my ministry, I might be coming to, but there's always the opportunity. I have a ministry, and it's always first to him. He's my Lord. He's my God. He is my praise. He, he, is, he is all things to me. I have nothing without him. I am nothing without him. And I'm only anything because I have died and he lives within me. And I'm a pray that I continue to be a living witness and a testimony to his faithfulness. Not mine. I can assure you it wasn't mine. It's his love, his faithful, his commitment to his word. And I'm here to declare to you today, he has appeared to me. He has spoken to me. I know that I know the day that I live. Wake up. Don't squander such an opportunity as this. Israel is back in the land. There's a reeling going on about Israel, Zechariah 12. There's a reeling. This is a prophetic word made more sure. I want to read to you John 10, 35. It says, if, if he called them gods to whom the word of God came, I think call them sons of God, and the scripture... And we know, it says, and the scripture cannot be broken. The scripture cannot be broken. This word has never been broken. I just, (laughs) hallelujah. This word cannot be broken. Let me get back to where I was. uh, He called them gods, and we know. I mean, that's why it's, you know... (coughs) We have been created in the image of God. We are fallen at the restoration, at the regeneration. We're going to be transformed into his image. We're going to know as we're known. All those that obey and love him are going to be his sons, the sons of the Father. 
Now, are we going to be like Jesus? Are we going to be like Jesus was before he gave it all, before he offered himself as Lamb of God, before he came the judge of all, all things? He, the last final act before we'll read to you, before he turns the kingdom over to the Father at his coming, will be the great white throne judgment. And then he turns the kingdom, his kingdom, the millennial reign, over to the Father at his coming. And the Father makes all things new. It's amazing. But he is the Lamb of God. He, he, there's only one Lamb of God, and we will we will be his his armies. We're the new messengers. I, I really get upset sometimes. There comes a point where God's messengers are no longer angels; they're sons. We'll rule angels. He said, "Don't you know you will judge angels? The angels are there for the sons. They're for the Son of God now, and they will be for the sons. And we'll rule and reign with our, our Lord, the Lamb of God that sitteth on the throne." He is the Lamb of God. We may be sons of God, but there's only one Lamb of God, and he'll be at the right hand of the Father for eternity, and we'll be able to stand before them, O oh Lord, with, with, with a name written on our forehead. We have a new name. I don't know what the name is. I just, it's amazing. The Lamb of God that took away the sins of the world. He will always, he rose from the dead and it's the lamb that conquered Hades, hell, and the grave and led captivity captive and has provided the way for our salvation. And glory be to the lamb of God forever. I am here, I will serve him today, I will serve him forever as one of the sons of the father whom we all will be. He called them gods who were created in that image. Psalms 12, 6, the words of the Lord are pure words as silver tried in a furnace on the earth refined seven times. Pure silver, if it's really pure. If it's been through the fire seven times, it's really pure. pure. Some of us ought to be really pure. How many has been through the fire seven times? Some of us felt, felt like 70 sometimes. But there, there, there's, I, I always share, and I probably shouldn't share here, this prosperity message and I, I said yesterday, I believe that prosperity really was a success. It wasn't abundance. God gives us abundantly beyond what we need sometimes. It's amazing. And a lot of times it becomes a stumbling block. But it's, there's a, there's a storm that comes. If our foundation's on the rock, it's our house stands. The same storm comes to both the one founded on the bedrock. You know what? I'm going to give you a little lesson here. I might be jumping, but Petros is Peter. Upon this revelation that Peter had, Petros, I will found my church on the Petros, the bedrock. Not a stone, not a pebble, not a rock, but the bedrock. There's two different words. He said, but it says in English rock. I'll find it upon this rock. This pet revelation of Peter that you are the Messiah. Upon that bedrock, the bedrock of truth of the gospel, Petros in the Greek. Peter was the Petros. And then some people believe that Peter was the foundation of church. Man, Peter was, he had, he denied him three times. He did all kinds of things. He went back fishing, which I, 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 I can identify with Peter. He was quit to pull out his sword and cut off the high priest of servants here. I mean, I can identify with Peter, but he was the Petros. But upon the revelation that he had, that was the Petros. The bedrock. It was upon the Petros, the reason I come up, that the house that stood was built. Upon the Petros, the bedrock. Not just the rock, the bedrock. And it stands. But we all get that storm. But we stand. 
because we stand in him and with him. The truth, because his word is true and it's proven and it has been tested time and time again. And God has been faithful and not one letter or word has ever failed. And as John says, it cannot be broken. John 10, 35. Glory to God. In 2 Timothy 3, 15, from childhood you have known the sacred writings which are able to give you the wisdom that leads to salvation through faith, which is in Christ Jesus. From ancient time, it's, it's all never failed. In 2 Timothy 3.16, all Scripture is inspired by God, profitable for teaching. That's what we're trying to do here today. For reproof, for correction, for training in righteousness. Verse 17, so that the man of God may be adequate, equipped for every good work. Have you studied to show yourself approved? Have you hid this word into your heart? Have you allowed the Holy Spirit to bring it alive, to let you walk in the power of the truth and the strength of his might by his, in his spirit? John 14, 16, 17, and 18, I will ask the Father, and he will give you another helper that he may be with you forever. Verse 17, that, in, that, is, that is the spirit of the truth whom the world cannot receive because it does not see him or know him. But you know him because he abides with you and he'll abide in you. I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. And after a little while, the world will no longer see you. It will see me. But you will see me because I live, you will live also. In that day, you will know that I am in the Father, and you in me, and I in you. He who has my commandments and keeps them is the one that loves me. And he who loves me is loved by my Father. And I will love him, and I will disclose myself to him. Judah, Judah not Iscariot said to him, Lord, when, what then has happened that you are going to disclose yourself to us and not to the world? And Jesus answered and said to him, if anyone loves me, he will keep my word and my father will love him and he will come to him and make our abode and we will come to him and make our abode with him. He who does not love me does not keep my words, these scriptures, And the word which you hear is not mine, but the Father's who sent me. God sent the word through the Son to share with us. And the Son, the Holy Spirit came to not only acknowledge that this is the truth, but to reveal those truths to us that we may know him, to lead us, to teach us, to guide us, that we could be in him and his spirit in us forever, that we would know him. John 17, 3. This is, this is eternal life that we know him, the one true God and his son, Jesus Christ, whom he sent. This is, that's eternal life. Do you know him today? Do you know his word, the living word, the logos? We're going to speak about this. Ooh, that's a good, that is good. I get excited about that. I think that's coming up. Uh, not quite sure. All this is by faith, folks. I come here, not quite sure. We just, by faith. 
And, but I'm here to just share with you that you may learn and understand. The Holy Spirit has given us to lead us into all truth, to, to confirm to us all these, this scripture and to teach us, to guide us, to bring revelation. Those that study to show themselves approved, he will give revelation. Those that, those that bow before him, those that honor the Lord Jesus, he will. If you hunger and thirst for righteousness, you shall be filled. The word of God is the very power of God. He will make it living within us by his Holy Spirit. Don't squander this opportunity that you have. Receive life, peace, joy, hope, blessing, health, on and on and on. We'll get into that in the work of the cross. In Isaiah 55, 10, 11, it says, For as the rain and the snow come down from heaven, and do not return without watering the earth, and making it bare and sprout, furnishing seed to the sower, and bread to the eater, so will my word be, be which goes forth from my mouth. It will not return to me empty without accomplishing what I desire and without succeeding in the matter for which I sent. His word won't return void. Are you receiving it as the rain and the snow comes? You know, the rain instantly waters and then the snow comes and it slowly melts. Sometimes we have this slowly melt going on in the spirit. It just, just, you can feel it. The Holy Spirit leading God. And then sometime it just comes and gushes. I, I, I just, that's when you just fall on your face. God just gushes on me sometimes. I fall down, I cry. I got where I cry all the time, it seems like. I'm so amazed that God cares such a one as I. But it's no longer I who live, but Christ who lives within me. It's not I who live. It's not I who live but Christ who lives in me. 1 John 3, 1, see how great a love the Father has bestowed on us that we would be called children of God. Hallelujah. And such we are. For this reason, the world does not know us because it did not know him. Verse 2, beloved, now we are children of God and, and it has not appeared as yet what we will be. We will know that when he appears, we will be like him because we will see him just as he is. Hallelujah. When we see him, we're going to be like him. We'll know as we're known. Hallelujah. We're transformed. We meet him in the air. And anyone who has this hope fixed in him purifies himself as he, I have this hope. And I try, and we're going to talk about the next chapter from this scripture. I'm, I think I'm setting up about what I'm about to do next. By faith. It's all by faith. But, but the one who has this hope Fixed on him, purifies and helps just as he is pure. For you have been born again, not of a seed which is imperishable, but, but not which is seed which is perishable, but imperishable. That is the true living and enduring Logos. You know, faith comes by here, the rhema, the, the, the spoken word of God. There's graphe. It was written in the Greek, but this is Logos, the living word, Jesus. There's a seed implanted with all of us, the Logos, this word. It's, it's amazing. The enduring 
word of God. The Logos. I got Logos. For all flesh is like grass. This is Peter 25. And all, all its glory like the flower of grass. The grass withers and the flower falls off. Verse 25. But the word of the Lord endures forever. The Logos. And this is the word which has been preached to you. John 1, 1. I just want to tell you who the Logos is. In the beginning was the Logos. And the Logos was with God. And the Logos was God. And he was in the beginning with God. And all things that came into being came through him. And apart from him, nothing came into being that has come into being. In him was life. And the life was the light of men. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The life, this Logos that created all things. This Logos that was God. The seed implanted each and every one of us that's been born again is the Logos. You know why this body will raise? Because that Logos seed. You know why we will be transformed into his image? Because of the Logos seed embedded in me. When I die, it doesn't die. (laughs) My spirit's with him. But my body is waiting for redemption. And how will it be transformed? According to the Logos seed. Hallelujah. You get excited about that? If you know him and that seed has been embedded within you. I'm telling you, that is, that, that's the resurrection. That's the secret behind us being transformed into his image because he has planted that seed that will burst forth at the day of regeneration when all things are made new. Hallelujah. First Peter 1 3, seeing that his divine power has granted to us. I, you get excited about that Logos seed? I get excited about it. I know who the Logos was. That was the creator of all things. That's the Son of God. It was Jesus Christ. Nothing was made. Wow. Anyway, seeing that his divine power has granted to us everything pertaining to life and godliness through the true knowledge of him who called us by his own glory and excellence. Verse 4. For by these he has granted to us his precious and magnificent promises. Where is his promises? His precious and magnificent. They're in the word of God. That word. And it's the rhema that, that, that God, the Holy Spirit that speaks and teaches us and, and, and allows us Logos seed to be implanted. But anyway, so that by them you may become partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption in the world by lust. Even today, he has given us all authority in his name, raise the dead, cast out demons. Even today, by his precious and wonderful promises, he's commanded blessing, he's given life, he's given hope, he's done all of these things for us. Even today, by those precious promises, that is a type and shadow of what is to come by the, that when we will be transformed into his image, we'll have an eternal body. As our body is raised, it is transformed into his image, Romans 8 tells us. Hallelujah, sons of God forever. Psalms 19, 130. And the unfolding of your words gives light and it gives understanding to the simple. I'm a pretty simple man. And I understand and know that I know that I know that he lives. 
because he lives within me. Verse 20, the fourth chapter of Proverbs, my son, give attention to my words. Incline your ear to my saving, my sayings. You know how you incline your ear? You bow your head. That inclines your ear. How about that? I bow to that word that I may hear. Okay, a little inclining the ear. I don't know if you ever thought about that. A lot of places it talks about inclining the ear. That we may hear. Do not let them depart from your sight. Keep them in the midst of your heart. For they are life to those who find them and health to the body. Divine health. The word of God. The promise. He bore our, he was broken. He bore our sickness. They are health. The word of God brings health. If you understand these precious and magnificent promises, you can live in divine health. Verse 14. Let the words of my mouth, the meditation of my heart, be acceptable to your sight, O Lord, my rock and my redeemer. And Revelations 19.10, you know how we, it, our word is acceptable to him as if, if it's his word. We're speaking through him, our own mouth. Then I fell at his feet to worship him, but he said to me, Do not do that. I'm a fellow servant of yours and, and your brethren who hold the testimony of Jesus. Testament, worship God. For the testimony of Jesus is the very spirit of prophecy. In John 16, 14, he will glorify me. He will take of mine and disclose to you. It's the Holy Spirit. This is eternal life that they may know you, the one true God in Christ whom you have sent. Eternal life. This is the last sentence in this chapter. Eternal life is amazing free gift of God that costs such an amazing price. That was paid for us. You need to know him today. I don't want to have gone through the word. All these prophecies, this very prophetic word, not one letter has ever failed. I mean, history demands the, 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 it demands the verdict that he came, he died, he lives again. Not, but not only scriptures fulfilled one after another about the Messiah, but these eyewitnesses, 500 at one time. It was not done under a rock. God came and he gave himself for each and every one of us. Jesus, the son of God is God. He sent God, the Holy Spirit, the spirit of Jesus Christ, the spirit of the father, the word from the father through the spirit to us, which was given us. By, by Jesus, because when he ascended into heaven, the Father gave him the Spirit to give us the promise. We have this promise that was promised, the Spirit to lead and guide and teach, to empower us. That has implanted this Logos seed that will raise my body when that trumpet sounds. It will be transformed into his image. The Word of God is alive. It's true. We need to receive it. To understand and to know him, you must know his word. The promises, these precious and magnificent promises. There is life and there is eternal life. Let's not squander. God bless. 